politics has never been stranger or more online, which is why the politics team at Wired is making a new show, Wired Politics Lab. It's all about how to navigate the endless stream of news and information and what to look out for. Each week on the show, we'll dig into far-right platforms, AI chatbots, influencer campaigns, and so much more. Wired Politics Lab launches Thursday, April 11th. Follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Adam! Bo! I, I was kind of curious about this text you sent earlier. Um, was it Daniel LaRusso? Well, here's what happened. I I got one of those LinkedIn, do you want to be my connection, accept, ignore notices. And it was from Daniel LaRusso at Miyagi Studios. Hey, the maintenance man. Hey. It referenced Miyagi Studios twice, and uh-huh. each one was spelled differently. Oh, interesting. And I'm looking at Miyagi, and I'm going, oh, wait a minute. Oh, no offense, Mr. Miyagi, but I don't think you understand my problem. Miyagi understand problem perfect. I remember. I, I saw Karate Kid. Wasn't the, the lead character Daniel LaRusso? And so, of course, I do what I always do when I come across anything that reminds me of a movie that I liked. I went immediately to Wikipedia, and lo and behold, there it was. Adam, come on. How many millions of times have we quoted Mr. Miyagi? Often. Often. Best way to not get punched is? Not be there. So, Travis, so what do they call that? What we just, Uh, that notice that I got. Profile padding. Adam, you act like you don't know, but you're the one who wrote the article about uh, profile padding. We know what it is. He's doing the Socratic thing. We... (laughs) We, it's when it's when somebody like you, Adam. No, kidding. <laughs> it's when it's Travis. How do you describe I need it? My What's, profile what is it for? And Travis always helps me with people, so thank you. Yeah, Travis. Well, the COVID sure. Let's talk about. We we haven't heard enough from you, and we want to hear more from you. Let's see what you've learned, Travis. Sure. So profile padding is something where someone will set up a fake or dubious account on social media, and then just try to connect to as many people as possible. Why do? What do you mean dubious? Like it, you don't? You just you're pretty sure Daniel Larusso is not really a right. You person? well, you can make someone up completely, mm-hmm. or you can just take someone's picture and take a, someone that you know's name, like an from an old account or something like that. But the whole thing with this though is that uh, LinkedIn is the perfect platform for it, no. uh, because people tend to accept invitations from people they don't know. So if you have someone on say Facebook or even Instagram that are trying to connect to you. That's one thing you can say, I don't know this person and I don't want to share my personal information. But one of the whole points of a employment-based site like LinkedIn is to make new connections to see if, you know, that might help you get another job or a business opportunity or something like that. So if someone's going to create one of these fake accounts, that just gives them a lot more credibility if you were to take a look at it and just say like, oh, I also, you know, 50 other people that I'm connected to also know this Daniel LaRusso. 
<laughs> but Adam, I read. Sweep the leg. Adam, I liked that when you wrote this thing. Um, wh- what I thought was interesting was that um, didn't it come about because you were getting all these requests to be on weird boards, like to, like to play the role of a uh, director or something? Uh, director. I, I was so excited. I was going, oh, somebody recognized the fact that I once did something in business. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, they want me to be on a board, except huh. that I noticed that the same pitch that I got when I Googled it showed up for like five other people. Yeah, and that's, I mean, but it's so easy to hit that uh, accept button when someone tries to connect with you on LinkedIn that it's like, I've done it a bunch and I don't look to see who they are. I'm like, uh-huh, Especially whatever. if they have other uh, connections that you know. Yeah, second degree. That whole, the way they have it set up is a little perilous because they say like it's a first degree, second degree, or third degree connection. And you can either get first degree, second degree, or third degree burned depending upon... How you you respond. You knew that was coming. Welcome to What the Hack, a show about hackers, scammers, and the people they go after. I'm Adam Levin, defender of the defenseless, author of Swiped, founder of CyberScout, Cybertarian. And I'm Bo Friedlander. I am a cyber snoot. No, what am I? No, I am a cybermensch. Yeah, that's it. Cybermensch. And I'm Travis Taylor, resident tech guy and more cyberterrier than Terrian, I suppose. So I want to introduce our our guest, who is fabulous. I I, I love the way she writes and I have a lot of fun when we do interviews together, and we've done many, many interviews together. Uh, Christine Solomon is a, uh, a, a writer, and she writes, um, among other publications, she writes for yahoo.com, and really is very passionate about identity theft, cyber incidents, and privacy, and uh, it's just been a very, very uh, impressive advocate uh, for products and services that she believes in. It's a great pleasure to have you on the show. So, hi, Christine. Hi, Adam. Thank you. Thanks for such a sweet intro and for having me. Christine has a lot of flexibility because she's a freelance writer and she's <laughs> lived and worked in many parts of the world. But instead of me telling your story, it's much more fun <laughs> to hear you tell your story. So, <laughs> why don't you tell us where you are now, where you've been, and where you're from? Well, I'm from New York City, born and raised, and I actually am full-time on the Yahoo Life team right now. So I I was freelance for a long time, but I'm part of that amazing team now. Um, But I do get to work wherever I want, and I take full advantage of that. And right now I'm in Mexico, where I've spent much of the last year, and it's lovely here and warm, and people are, are amazing. And I get to, as long as I have my laptop, I'm ready to do all my writing and editing work, and um, and it's been a pleasure to create this really great column with Adam. We did a lot of really great pieces where we were able to help our audience at Yahoo Life understand how um, not to be scammed or how or the best practices for avoiding scams. And I do feel very passionate about protecting our 
readers and serving them with the best content experiences they can have. So Adam's been a great part of that and um, very appreciative. So are you talking about Adam Levin? <laughs> that, Sorry. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> oh, you mean Adam I, Levine, that guy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I don't only write about cybersecurity. I write about a lot of other much more girly things too, like beauty and fashion and shopping style. What's the strangest so. thing you've ever written about? Oh my gosh. People ask me that question all the time. Um, I used to do more news writing. Um, mm-hmm. I won't say for which outlet, but I would sometimes have to interview people who um, would make a scene in public places and, um, I would have to contact them and interview them about what got them so upset and made them maybe trash a McDonald's. Was that or... your specialty? <laughs> like if somebody did something nuts, they'd be like, go, oh, let's get Christine to talk to him. <laughs> um, yeah, they pretty much knew that I can talk to anybody about anything. That's actually uh-huh. something I pride myself on that I can uh-huh. interview anybody pretty much about any topic, but I prefer to interview people who have better stories to tell or something a lot more interesting going on than um, having public uh, meltdowns. So you're so. not you're not missing <laughs> the air rage uh, beat right now. No, not at all. Not at all. Excellent. I'm very, very happy with what I write about now. Gotcha. <laughs> and and what you write about is it appears in on many different platforms within the Yahoo family. So. Because um, mm-hmm. you're, you're all over the place in Yahoo, which is it's fun, it's exciting, and it's great. And your stuff yeah. is great. I mean, the writing is superb. Thank you. So, um, anyway, uh, I know that you've had sort of an interesting experience, which brought you to us. So, mm-hmm. let's start. What happened? Yeah. Well, something happened that was so embarrassing, especially considering how many times you and I talked about cyber scams. And we talked about the things that lead to them, like vulnerabilities and being caught off guard or, you know, being desperate or whatever the case may be. Uh, So I know all the best practices. However, I fell into a trap anyway recently, and you were the first person I contacted because I was freaking out. So, (laughs) So basically what happened was I was visiting New York City, and usually I live overseas, and um, in New York, as I'm sure everyone knows, it's very expensive. Um, I don't have a a residence there at the moment, so I was looking for a short-term residence, and it is very hard to find that in the U.S. So after searching many different avenues, I ended up out of desperation. I'm not sure if I should say the site. Can I say the site that I got scammed on? Yeah, sure. Well, it was the infamous Craigslist. So basically, I made my way to Craigslist where there were ads for short-term leases, and I came upon one from what seems like a nurse. Uh, The ad had to do with a nurse who said she was being sent on emergency assignment for COVID-19 to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and she was looking to sublet out her apartment in Midtown Manhattan as quickly as possible. She was willing to take um, a, a, a rent uh, reduction on it just to get the place filled. Right. And um, it sounded like the perfect thing for me. I answered the ad. I told her I was interested in one month. And the thing was, when she responded to me, 
it sounded very legit. She responded and told me that she was concerned about getting the other dates filled in if I was only staying for a month. So could I please confirm my dates? And um, she was asking me, you know, uh, if I would be able to pay a, a month upfront and a security deposit. And so when I responded to her and told her I was definitely interested, she then sent me a long and intricate email about all the ins and outs of the apartment, how the laundry works, where the linens are stashed, how the building works, um, how to get the key to the building, how important it's going to be for me to have the So it all, it all seemed to, to check out so far. She also sent me, and this was a little weird, um, a copy of her passport, hmm. which Ooh. will come into play later because That's when we find weird. out, huh. yeah, she wanted to show me she was legitimate. And what I found out just to skip ahead for a second was that not only was I and anyone else answering this ad a victim of the scam, but also this was a real person and they knew her real name and they had her passport and they were sending it to people to prove that she was a real person. Wait, so the person, um, well, you're getting, we are getting ahead of it. I have, I feel we like we're getting real, ahead. We're getting that ahead. seems like a super interesting <laughs> plot point, but so, yeah. so, she, so the, whoever you were talking to, there was, mm-hmm. I mean, we know already that part of the reveal, which is it wasn't the person that you thought it was. Right. Right. But, um, well, so we had an exchange and, and after they sent me that long and intricate email about the apartment, it seemed very hmm. legit and her story seemed legit because of COVID. It made sense to me that a nurse would be sent out on emergency assignment. So she sent me the form to fill out and I was pretty desperate at this point. I needed to move into a place right away. This was going to still be expensive, but was within my budget. It was only going to be for a month. And she was asking for key data, my name, my address, my phone number, my date of birth, uh, my email address. And then she was asking for my bank account number. Now, this is obviously the part that would raise an eyebrow. But in the past, as a, you know, I'm not always a writer. Sometimes I'm an editor and I'll take on content assignments where I have to pay out freelancers. and. Many times they give me their bank account numbers and we do a bank transfer. So it didn't raise a huge red flag for me in that moment. And it wouldn't for me either. That makes me feel better. Thank you. But it's one thing if you're a freelancer and you give someone your bank account number, even though you shouldn't immediately, that's because they're going to pay you. Did you feel it a little bit weird, especially (laughs) since you were going to be sending a security deposit as well as the month uh, rent that it would be strange as to why she was asking you for your banking details as opposed to making her banking details available for you. Oh, ouch, ouch. <laughs> yeah. Adam, you yeah. know, you could be a little gentler about it. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I just, no, it just, and, and this is, I, I'm one of those people, I blurt things out. But just, what I'm trying to say, because again, this is our shame free zone, right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, but yeah, and 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 we've talked about this a lot, and it's just the, the, for everyone as a signpost here to really think about the fact that there was something within this sea of information that you were being provided. There was this very strange thing where the information flow was reversed from what it should have been. 
it's fascinating. But Adam, I didn't catch. I didn't catch that either, Adam. I did not catch it. Thank you, Bob. Travis, did you? <laughs> did you get that? Yeah, I kind of caught that one. I hate that you always get. But it's stuff. so rare when I catch something that it's it's <laughs> it's almost a moment to be cherished. You brought something out in me, Christine. You've you've done God's work here. <laughs> Let's talk about weight loss. Most of us have been there, struggling with the ups and downs. You lose some weight, then it creeps back. But forget those endless cycles of juice cleanses, soup diets, and the latest fad workouts. There's a better way. The Rope Body Program pairs a weekly weight loss shot with a real lifestyle change so you can lose weight and actually keep it off. Need support? Rose got you covered every step of the way. And guess what? You can do it all from the comfort of your own home. No more doctor's appointments, no more waiting rooms. It's that simple. Ready to take charge of your weight? Head over to row.co slash Adam to sign up today. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in a year. That's with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.co slash Adam. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash A-D-A-M. So here's the deal. I use Yahoo Finance. I use it to make money because it works, not just because they're a sponsor of the show. Heck, I've been using them for years before they ever called to become a sponsor. I do a lot of investing and I need to make split second financial decisions. And that's where Yahoo Finance comes in. I trade stocks, and I trade options, and you can't trade them in a vacuum. You've got to know what's going on. Yahoo Finance gives you the opportunity to look at the whole picture. I mean, breaking news, editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts. I love the customizable charts. They have it all. At Yahoo Finance, I'm part of a community of over 90 million users. You heard me. 90 million folks use Yahoo Finance because they're helping you on your way to financial success. Visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com, yahoofinance.com. Well, so is that it? That's the, I mean, what else? So now you okay. give, she, she asked you for your information. Yeah, yeah. So she asked me for my information. I Now, an important aspect of this is also in New York, apartments are at such a premium that when you get something and you get what seems like a deal like this, you want to jump on it really fast. Like anyone Why? Because you'll lose it? Yeah. Anyone oh. who shopped for apartments legitimately in New York knows that you have to show up with all your paperwork ready and ready to apply on the spot or there's somebody Absolutely. else going to take the apartment from you. Mm-hmm. But Adam, that means that there any everybody in the New York real estate rental market is prime for being scammed. No, because in, in New York, as, as those of us who have been New Yorkers or still are New Yorkers, is it's all about instant gratification and huge demand and limited supply, and that really goes back for years, other than at recently during the pandemic, but that's ended, New York is now on its way back. There was a period of time where people were throwing apartments, 
begging people to rent them from them, but not anymore. Not in the past few months. It's changed radically right at the time that you were looking for some. Well, it's the sort of thing, too, where if you're dealing with that level of desperation, especially if you've tried to apply for like 15 apartments and by the 16th, you're going to be a lot less cautious, I'm sure. Well, because you're just trying to get your hooks in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, okay. exactly. You're right. You're right. That that had a big part to do with it, too, because my search was so exhaustive and I was exhausted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. so when I finally found something that seemed like a deal and the, the story was so unique and believable that I was like, well, I better pounce on this because somebody else is going to take and, it. And like, how could you not believe a nurse? Come on. I mean, how low can you go, you know, taking stealing the identity of a nurse during COVID? It's like, hmm. <laughs> But <laughs> it is, again, you, you know. know, but so, yeah, so I did fill out this form and I sent it to her and um, I immediately contacted one of my best friends who lives in New York. And I wanted to tell her how excited I was that I, I was going to be staying there for a month and we could see each other for a while. But my friend is a total skeptic. She's a real New York cynic. And it's so great to have a friend like that because I'm a little bit more on the naive side. And as soon as I told her the whole deal, she said, send me this person, send me your communication with this person right now. And I had to email all of the, the, I had to forward all the emails to her. And we both found her on Instagram. And the way we figured out that it was a scam immediately was because the voice of the emails did not match the voice of her Instagram captions. She was much more eloquent in her captions than the person writing the emails. It was a different writing style. So that immediately set off a red flag for us. And the interesting thing was they were really targeting this woman because she, she was in Milwaukee she was relocated to Milwaukee, judging by her Instagram. And um, she, you know, posted a lot about being a nurse. She seemed like a wonderful woman. And so the first thing I did immediately was I called my bank and I put a stop on any charges. And we actually opened up on the spot an entirely new account and just immediately funneled my money into that new account. So that was the first thing we did. And I was really lucky that they were able to do that for me so immediately. Good move. Um, Thank you. Um, After that, we actually, before I did that, I actually did try to email her. This is an important part of the story that I left out. Before I moved the bank account, I tried emailing this person and saying, you know, I'm having some suspicions. Do you think we can talk on the phone? Because I realized that a few of the key mistakes I made were not talking to her on the phone, um, not asking what the name of the building was or the address. I just knew the location. Right. Even though I, I had many, you know, quote unquote, pictures of the unit. And the other thing was, and this is the most embarrassing part, you guys are really going to roast me for this one, is the form itself, even though it looked like a very legitimate application form, it did not have a company's, a leasing company's name on it. It just was a oh, generic wow. header. That happens in New York City. That mm-hmm. happens in New York City. No, people just will print anything and use it, I mean, legitimately. No, I, yeah. I, I, I rented for 10 years from someone I never even had a lease. 
It was just a handshake. I mean, New York's a weird place. Bo didn't that even way. know who they were. That's they true. had a strange accent. All I didn't pay were... either. I must have been squatting. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but by the way, that's how my very first New York apartment was like that. It was yeah. just a private house and there was no lease and it was a family that yeah. let us live live on their second floor because we were right out of college and when they were ready to sell the house, we also just got kicked right out. So <laughs> there was So so you yeah. so you think that was something that you should have seen, but <clears throat> but you know, the shoulda woulda couldas in identity yeah. theft and 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 in information related scams and any kind of scam if the scammer's good, there's no coulda woulda shoulda. Well, not if you ask my friend who was able to sniff this out immediately. She pointed no. out oh, all the friend. things I missed. We all have <laughs> is that she a, friend. Is she a lawyer by any chance, your friend? No, but I think she missed her calling. She really yeah. could be an, an investigator of some kind. Did she let you crash on her couch for a month at least? Or? Yeah. Oh, I fully, I fully stayed in her apartment before. Nice. Yeah, she's a great friend. <laughs> Excellent. But I ended up staying in her apartment later, but yes. But this is also interesting from the standpoint of the other victim in this, which was the nurse, yeah. is yeah. that yeah. in the, her in her case, she was sharing a lot of information, as people tend to do uh, yeah. on Instagram. So anyone that was like looking at her, focusing on her, and thinking about, oh, this would be a wonderful catfish, as it were, um, is is saying, wow, I I I know where she is, what she does, why she's there, what. And this is the problem that a lot of people have, is in this new world, our private journal has become Instagram. Mm -hmm. So it's well, she overshared. overshared. She overshared. And if she's a nurse during COVID, you know she's going to be distracted. I mean, I, I'm, I don't mean to shame her, because it's really not a shameful thing, But because we all do it in social media. We compromise ourselves in various ways. But um, there was enough information in this case for, obviously, for the scammer to figure out where her apartment in the city was and to offer it for rent, knowing that she wasn't there. It sounds like it. Or was there no apartment at all, Christine? Well, you know, they sent me a lot of pictures of an apartment. And uh -huh. when, they, when I looked up the location of... Um, where they were saying the building was on on the, the map that's provided by Craigslist, mm -hmm. I was able to pinpoint the address and that was an actual apartment building. I ended up calling the apartment building and writing to the nurse on Instagram and both of them said that they had gotten tons of messages and they don't know what to do because the thing about Craigslist is there are no humans that you can contact. You can basically just flag the post, but there's no one to contact to say, can you please take this post down? It's bogus and dangerous. So it'll just stay up. But was there an apartment? Was it her apartment or no? There was no apartment. So there, she was not renting an apartment. So she basically, um, I, I felt bad because she, she was pretty angry when she wrote back to me. And um, she was basically saying, you know, so many people are contacting me. It's getting exhausting. I don't, I'm not renting out my apartment. They stole my identity. But her apartment and was in that building, Christine. Well, I don't know. I know. I think that what happened was because I could tell from her Instagram that she did used to live in New York. So mm -hmm. clearly the scammers were able, like you were saying, to construct a story about her life. Okay. So she did live in New York. That's she now lives in at, Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if that was actually her apartment. They clearly got their hands on her passport. 
So what I'm thinking happened was, you know, because look, I also send pictures of my passports to people. That's what you have to do when you rent an Airbnb in another country, you know, so that does happen. And so what I'm thinking happened was they got their hands on her passport. They, or they could have Photoshopped it. That's possible too, but they had all of her information there. And then they were able to construct this story because like you, you said, she revealed so much of her life story on Instagram and she was a nurse during COVID. So she was a perfect candidate. And, you know, as a person who is also good at research, I could also look at her Instagram and have crafted a story of her life just by looking at it. So, um, yeah, so that's, so you're right. We, we were both victims of this and anyone else who answered that ad and the building, by the way, who were also sick of getting phone calls. <laughs> I, I can imagine it's terrible to be a Mark, whether you're real estate or you're a human. It's just, it's no fun for the people who are managing the building or the victim. Uh, so yeah. what was the upshot of this, Christine? Did you lose any money or did you stop this train before it got off the rails? No, thankfully I was, I was able to stop it all. I was able, like I said, the first thing I did was call my bank and I immediately took all my money out of that account. We shut it down and we opened a new one on the spot. And mm. I was shocked that they did not, uh, ever try to, according to the bank, nobody ever tried to, um, make a transaction into that account. So I was so surprised that they had my bank account number and didn't do anything about it because that seems like what exactly what they were looking for. So what's the point of all putting all that effort in? I have a theory. Ready? They do this to a lot of people and they collect this information and they use it much later so that there's, they have your file, and you know when you last gave up your bank account number, but in six months, you don't remember when you did it. And then they do a little charge, maybe they buy something for 30 bucks, and they're gone. And it doesn't cost them much to get that information. Email, 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 cut, paste, cut, paste. A lot of people wouldn't have reacted as quickly as you reacted. Some people get nervous about it and go, well, I'm checking my bank account. I don't see anything. And they're looking at it right after it happens. And then they forget about it. <laughs> and with a lot of people, they don't necessarily pay attention to small debits that may occur in their bank account. They should, but it, it's sort of some of these little charges kind of disappear under the big charges. And they go, oh, well, maybe it was a bank charge or maybe I did something I just can't remember. But... And again, all you need is a little amount of money from a whole bunch of people and you've made a bunch of money. That's such a good point too. Yeah. That's my theory anyway. And I think that's, you know, just because when the, the ways that um, I have gotten got the most recent times I've been, been scammed has been information that I've given to somebody in the last year. And I keep track of what I do so I can see, like, when there was a JetBlue charge on my debit card, I was like, there's only one way that could have happened. And then I just tell the investigators at the, the bank. So go ahead, every, anyone listening, I'm a perfect target because you will for sure get caught. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I keep track of where my information is. <laughs>
uh, one of the other things here that we've uh, seen several times is how scammers like to daisy chain their scams. They can compromise one account. They can, uh, if they get one person's passport, they can use that to scam dozens of people on Craigslist. And then from there, if they get that information from you, they can leverage that into a new scam altogether. It's sort of uh, like, you know, skipping a rock across a lake that they can just... Wait, so you're saying that that. they would scam... Just clarify for me. You're saying that Christine then could be used to scam other people? Yeah. But if they uh, have enough information, especially if you're, you know, if you send a lot of personally identifiable information, which you need to when you're trying to rent an apartment, um, that... If the, say, if the nurse that they were using ended up not really uh, being a viable source for a scam anymore, they can just say, okay, who else do we have that we can use here to also convince other people? Oh my God, Adam, Adam, Christine is in Mexico. Sorry, listen, Uh if you're listening and you're thinking, (laughs) oh my gosh, she's in Mexico, I got another one. Yeah, I mean, that is kind of what happens. Is, oh is, boy! Uh, no, no, no. Well, you're well, safe. Christine, I think. Just be let careful. Me ask, <laughs> let me ask you another question. Um, you don't have to answer the question, but just reflect upon it. Are you on Instagram? And if you are on Instagram, have you been Instagramming people? Uh, and that—that's oh, a, oh, Adam. Well, oh, Adam. Well, Adam's on this. his hobby horse. <laughs> I will say this: I am on Instagram. I don't have my last name. You can't find me by my first and last name on Instagram. And I am also set to private. Okay. What's your um, handle? No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that naive. <laughs> Listen, my, my um, wife is an instant Instagram denizen. And every morning I wake up with trepidation. At least I never have to ask her what she's doing. Cause I just look on Instagram and I know, but me neither. Um, <laughs> That's true. That's Bo so and surprising I, we, to me. We follow we follow her adventures, but um, <laughs> you know, again, that that which is this wonderful vehicle for bringing people together can also bring the wrong people into people's lives. And yeah, that's, I mean, and, I'll, and you're doing the I'll right thing you. by not having your last name on there. And things like yeah, that. thank you. I mean, I'll tell you that I actually did make my online footprint more private uh, in the past year. So I did the same thing with Instagram. Uh, I'm sorry, with uh, Facebook. Uh, if you're not my friend, you can barely see anything. Um, however, if you're my friend, you can. Um, because there was an incident that happened, you know, when you have your name online, uh, when you when you have your name as a byline and you write about topics, people sometimes will find you and Lucky usually... Well. They will look you up, and if you wrote anything that even – I mean, the stuff I write is pretty innocuous. I write about fashion mostly and, and um, you know, lifestyle topics. I don't really write about politics or anything like that. But yeah. people will get their feather, feathers ruffled, and they will find you and harass you, and that happens To say what? Before. Like, oh, Kate Moss didn't do that? Or, like, what, do you, what, do they, <laughs> what do they do? It's like he I panned mean, my know, design. people you know people will find something to it's usually about politics i will say and so say for instance if i wrote about a dress worn by a politician's wife say for instance they will that's that's enough for them 
And that's exactly what happened to me. And I was targeted by someone. I was actually, luckily, my own sleuthing skills are so good that I was able to identify the person who was harassing me. And once I confronted her with her own personal information, she started backtracking. But the point is uh-huh. that she's, she, <laughs> including, including her home address. That's interesting. Nice, <laughs> To herself, yes. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, after that happened, I contacted the, you know, security department where I work. And they gave me a very detailed list of how to make myself vanish online. And I, I didn't do all of it. I actually did not get through the entire checklist. I, I should have. But... I did take a lot of steps to reduce my online footprint because of that. So I, what I'm trying to do is make it harder for someone to construct a story based on my life. And, and I really don't share that much on, on social media anymore. Give uh, us the greatest hits of, give us the greatest hits of what, what, what are some good things not to, to expose Yahoo company secrets, but like, what are some of the greatest hits of becoming invisible? Well, you know, in addition to making your social media, profiles private Step one. I'm sure I'm not telling you something you don't already know but you sh- you can opt out of all of those online you know quote unquote white pages like people directories there you can google someone's name and now suddenly I know their address their phone number I can see their prop you know the properties they own um, if I belong to some kind of service, if I pay a fee, I can see financial history, if they've had any liens against them, bankruptcies. I can see links to all of their social media channels all across the board. So much personal information is in those people directories, but you can opt out of them. Yeah. And, you know, that's true, Christine. And, you know, also, if you happen to have a hobby like running and you you belong to a running club or you rate, sign up for races, anything like that, any civic group nowadays, when you sign up and you're you're a participant, you can say, I do not wish to be identified as a participant. Set your participation as private and then nobody gets to know how fast you ran the 5K or how many pies you ate at the pie contest, eating contest or whatever, you know, that that right. can be set to private. How long did it take you overall to opt out of the white pages? Because I think some people think it's this hugely complicated process, but really. It's not, it's not uncomplicated because mm-hmm. you have to contact e- each of them directly and put in a request to be removed. Sure. And I got tired going through the list and never finished it, but I need to. <laughs> <laughs> but it, so it's not like, I wouldn't call it complicated. I would call it labor intensive because you have to do each one individually, but sure. definitely worth it because um, it's just so easy to find out every detail now just by Googling someone's name. And that's, that's pretty scary. Right. And if you opt out, if there's 10 of those sites and you opt out of nine of them, they still have a way of finding you if you're still on one. Yeah. Well, which is why it's an object lesson and, and like ego free self Googling. Um, where it's not about seeing how you look online. It's seeing what's available online. Yeah. Oh, Bo, I'm feeling bad now. Actually, so <laughs> in, in, in my case, the existence of Adam Levine has not been great for me professionally, but boy, in my personal life, it has saved me. <laughs> three. I mean, but there's so many tricks too, Adam. Like, you, as you know, Bo is a nickname. 
and we don't say what my real name is, but it is a nickname. And um, I'm super hard to find because of that. People can figure it out, but you know, there's different ways in which you can make yourself scarce or confusing. And if you can make yourself confusing, you make yourself a harder target. And one thing I'm pretty sure of after all these years of looking at identity thieves and, and, and scammers of different um, kinds is they're pretty lazy. So if you're kind of hard to hit, they're going to move on to somebody who's easier. Don't you think, Adam? Absolutely. I mean, do you want to hit the house where the dog is there or do you want to hit the house where there's nobody there? Yeah. And, and, and that's really what it's, what it's about. The harder you make yourself as a target, the more, unless you are either a superstar or connected to people or businesses that these folks want to get to, um, if, if, you, if you put up resistance, you're going to be less interesting. Unless you go onto Craigslist. Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> but, but, you know, I will introduce a counterpoint to that. Step four. So when I started making myself invisible and, you know, like you and I have talked about how, you know, you should really hide things like the birth of a new baby, the baby's name, where the baby was born or like where you were married or whatever, it, whatever it is. But the thing is that, you know, when I started making myself private and I started going extreme on social media, um, I took off my date of birth at the advice of the security expert at my company, who's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And then what happened was, this is so silly, but I think it's a good point. When my birthday rolled around, I was like, oh, let me go on Facebook and see who's <laughs> wished me a happy birthday. And no one had. Nobody <laughs> wished me a happy birthday. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, you know, if you never post the great things that happened, you never get what we're all used to in this modern world, which is mass validation. And so that's so hard for people to give up, I think. You know, I really do. Imagine um, now in this modern world where we're so used to going on Facebook or Instagram or whatever to brag about our accomplishments or milestones and have our communities, you know, congratulate us. You'd be opting out of all of that as well. So if you have a thick enough skin, then <laughs> you can do that. I think this has been awesome. And thank you so much. I will say that, Christine, if it's any help, I, years ago, um, because Adam was making fun of my oversharing, I, I made it impossible to see when my birthday is. And um, with the exception of like one particularly, no offense, tone deaf older relative, um, nobody wishes me happy birthday on Facebook. It's not available. That's just, they think it's your birthday and they say happy birthday on there. But um, otherwise, <laughs> I've, gotten, I've gotten really psyched about like the people who text me who are actually in my life all the time uh, on my birthday. And I mean, what I, what I, what, what, you know, it's sort of like cool when you like, so t you heard from 10 people in a day, that's actually kind of a lot. And for people who remember and you didn't broadcast it and it's just there. And yeah, I think that's, that, that's something to be said for the interior validation, but you know, right. whatever. Quality over quantity. Quality. Yeah, I suppose. Depends on your family, but yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
This spring, get out there, enjoy the weather, and recapture the magic of riding a bike with electric e-bike. With an amazing variety of models built for riders of all abilities, it's never been easier to fall in love with riding again. Plus, every electric e-bike ships free and only requires quick, toolless assembly. This is my first ever e-bike, and the experience has just been great. I was a little bit intimidated at first because I hadn't gone biking in a while, but the 500-watt motor that the electric e-bike comes with really gives you a nice little boost, especially if you're trying to go uphill or pick up some speed. Data shows that e-bike riders take their bike out more often. That means... You get more exercise, more exploration, and wait for it, fresh air. And riding an e-bike isn't, like, it's not cheating. It's just making it possible for you to be out there longer on each ride. And speaking of things going a little slower, you can finance electric e-bike for as little as $49 a month. Get into spring with electric e-bikes, the number one selling e-bikes in the nation. Get your adventure started at electricebikes.com. And please mention that What the Hack with Adam Levin sent you in the post-checkout survey. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes dot com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Bo, before we go, I did want to uh, say that I did think of a better answer to your question. It was your question, right, about the weirdest thing I'd ever written about? Yes, it was. 100%. So what was the weirdest thing you ever wrote about? (laughs) What was it? Okay, well, I wrote many, many weird things, but one specific (laughs) one came up that was so funny Um, It was a woman who was, um, she was having her maybe 90th birthday or something like that, or 100th birthday, a very, it was up there. And she had always had, um, she she had always had, I guess you want to call it a fantasy about uh, being bad, being arrested and taken to jail, being in handcuffs and put in a cop car. So the local police department indulged her. And they, you know, they filmed the whole thing. They showed up at her door. Ma'am, you're under arrest. They put her in cuffs. They put her in the car. They took her away. Awesome. <laughs> and she was loving every minute of it. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I am a man who will fight for your honor. I'll be the hero you're dreaming of. Yeah, that, that's, that's a great you. story. The, flip side of that story is somebody was a victim of identity theft and in the car with their kids they're pulled over for a busted taillight and suddenly there are two police officers at either side of the car with guns drawn telling them to get out of the car get on the ground and they cuffed them so way to keep it light adam there you go christine and i always talk about identity theft related things and that's another one But Christine, listen, you have been such a great guest. Your story Thank is, you. as usual, it's charming. You've been awesome. And we really, really Thank appreciate you. you sharing with us. Because, again, 
unless we all can talk about this, um, other people are going to be victimized. So everything that we can give them as a milestone, a signpost, a guideline is very helpful. And, and thank you for doing what you do in writing, but with us today. Oh, thank you. Thank you for all the kind words and for minimal judgment on my, my own lapse of personal <laughs> judgment. I was happy to tell my story. It's called being human. <laughs> just to remember, a lesson not just karate only, lesson for whole life. What the Hack with Adam Levin is a production of Loud Tree Media. It's produced by Andrew Stephen, the man with two first names. You can find us online at loudtreemedia.com and on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Adam K. Levin.